Welcome to Chain Wrestling, a podcast that tenuously links together wrestling matches and we discuss them and put our own perspective on it. I'm Andrew Bowers, the owner and promoter of North Wrestling, and I'm currently sandwiched between two wrestlers, Rory Coyle and Liam Slater. With the first link of the chain. It's not always matches that we like, because you made me watch Undertaker, and I'm not huge on that. Yeah, that was they. They were they were the pilot test ones. So you know you can go back and get them on the Patreon if you want. But the idea is we're going to watch this match, and then either we will decide something that links to this match, another match that's linked either by wrestler, either by uh, the kind of show that it was on, just something really tenu- a tenuous link, uh, and that will be the next one that we talk about. So if you are listening to this, please. This is what they do. Comment below on what you'd like to see next from from Chain Wrestling. You're such That's an old co- white dad. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we I may have recorded it. by that point, so you commenting might be useless because we might have already created another link in the chain. That's true, but we might put a plant in there like people do and just be like, oh, hey, can you comment on this? You might get like Dan Drew Bauer, da- no, Andrew <laughs> Dowers. He comments. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, why don't you? Why don't you do another Undertaker match? Eddie Guerrero versus Undertaker. Did they ever wrestle? Probably. Do you know they what? Love, won't they? I don't think they did. I like I. The period of time, maybe in maybe in like a two thousand and one, where Eddie's like a more of an undercard guy. Um, do you reckon that's because Undertaker's racist? Wow! Wow! Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Undertaker, the character. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Undertaker, the character's racist. I don't think he didn't like Virgil. He, he eliminated Virgil in his debut. So, I mean, I think anyone by proxy of being around Virgil at that point was racist. Oh man, he didn't like Honky Tonk Man either. That's true. That's Never do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, this match that we're going to talk about today, I have no. Um, personal grudges against either man good i've never shared a lift with them or yeah i've got nothing against either of them so if we go if we go back to 27th of october 1997 the match that we have all watched and are going to talk about is the classic ray mysterio versus eddie guerrero wcw cruiserweight title versus mask uh match at halloween havoc to set the kind of scene of where we were then a couple of weeks before this, uh, Brian Pillman had passed away at the age of 35. Mark Mero returned to TV with a new gimmick. Is that where he come? Where is the the fighter character rather than Johnny B. Bad, right? Yeah, rather than Johnny B. Bad. I had a poster of Johnny B. Bad on my wall. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> what? Are you, are you sure you don't want to be too, between two wrestlers? <laughs> Johnny B. Bad might be might have been one of them though. Like he's a very pretty man. Did you ever just like I think back then it would probably have been about 1994, 1995. So I'd have been about 10. I wouldn't watch a lot of wrestling. So any wrestling that I would get, I'd get like the odd magazine and I'd be like, right, who is the poster in the magazine? And you'd end up with like Crush, Johnny B. Bad. If we're looking at the PWI awards, we had does anyone know who wrestler of the year? Yeah, the P, the PW what the PWI five hundred. It's um yeah. it's Dean Malenko because the 
they go shoot on this year, right? Like 1997 is yeah. a real weird one because the PWI is all kayfabe. So it's like, have you been the champion in WWE? You're the best wrestler in the world. Oh, that's um, and 1997, they're like, oh, no, work rate. Um, yeah. And that's why Dimalenko wins it. There's no, I don't think in any world, Dimalenko should be winning best wrestler of the year. In 1997, I like Dean Malenko. Yeah, 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 that's fair. As an overall pro wrestler, I think you're correct. As a technical, like if you're looking at technical wrestling, if, so if you are looking at efficiency in the ring and a work rate and a poise and a grace, I think Malenko is 100% up there in 97 for being over. And then again, he was super over, but not as over as an Austin or a Rock in that sort. I can't believe that you're implying. The PWA is not still work rate based. Unbelievable. I like, there are some people that are work, but <laughs> like, they definitely I changed. I out wrestled Oldham Dragon that year. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I'm going to go, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the top 10. And so I is this the like, only year they've done this, though? Is this the only yeah, year where they've yes. taken a sidestep and gone, oh, that's... yeah, but when, let's go through the top 10, though. And okay. I'm going to question this. So, number 10, Chris Benoit. Uh, so number nine, Jushin Tiger. So fair enough. Like, that's yep. fair enough. Uh, number eight, the Giant. For, at that time period, as a as a big man, like he's mm. obviously like he's not like he's not wrestling rings around people, but he's doing some pretty okay stuff, and he's quite agile. Like he's he's booking the trend a little bit. So last year, so in nineteen ninety six, he was the second best. Wrestler, yeah, but then if you talk Michaels, yeah, if you're talking kayfabe wise, like he's fucking like 96 is like leading the no, no, because that'd be earlier because 96 the yeah. NWO. I don't know, they just yeah. fucking like him, don't they? They're like, yeah, look at this big man, probably didn't <laughs> yeah, tell me that. Yeah, he then had number number seven was Hashimoto, who I don't know much about Hashimoto, I must admit. Um, number six, Liam's favorite wrestler, The Undertaker. Oh, big, now big this. Mark. Is the top five is where I'm going to question this. Number five in 1997 for the work rate, PWI work rate 500 was Lex Luger. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> that's mental. <laughs> you can't say that you've got like, right. It's all, I'm, and this isn't you, Liam. This is because I, I remember reading about this. It's like you can't have Dean Malenko number one and then number five, Lex Luger. Yeah, no, that's I agree. fucking mad. Number four is DDP. I can see number that. Three. Yeah, so so I think I think that the next three. So you got DDP, uh, who was who was really hot at that point. Uh, number three was Austin, of course, very yep. just right on the cusp of coming up. It was '98, really, where it was like Austin pretty much then went on like a five year run of winning it. Um, number two, Misawa. Like Misawa's number two, and then Dean Malenko. So it's, it's the weirdest number ten. Uh, that's yeah, a yeah, very, yeah. that's a very weird top ten. Like Kevin, Kevin that, Nash, number thirteen. Yeah, Misawa's definitely in that. Should be in the top ten. <laughs> number one, Jeff Jarrett, number seventeen. Owen Hart, number sixteen. Kabashi, number fifteen. So they've definitely watched some old Japan and been like, uh, Misawa. We wa- yes, we watch Japanese wrestling, but they've seen like one match. I think what's really interesting on this, though, is where Eddie and Ray place. So given that this was, in the PWI Awards, it was the second 
best match of the year. Do you know what would have been top match of the year? 1997? 97. Quite, quite, a, quite an obvious one. You'll kick it's yourself. The giant, isn't it? Austin versus Brett. So controversial take. So, sorry, controversial take from me. Um, despite me being like the technical wrestler, and I like technical wrestling, I I don't massively rate later Bret Hart stuff. No. Like so once, con- Liam's so controversial and is he's so people probably tune into this and probably think that Rory Cotter is going to come out with some fucking weird shit. <laughs> nah, Liam <laughs> Slater is always like, nah, I don't even like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so what classes is late? Brett Hart, I, so I think once he finds his pattern of being like the hitman and like the excellence of execution and all that sort of stuff it, his matches just become quite samey I yeah. quite enjoy him like um, Heart Foundation and like some of his earlier stuff where like he's finding himself like I think they're more interesting like I've got some Calgary stuff where there's a bit more to it um, but yeah once he gets to once he gets to being top level WWE I'm like okay cool like I know this match. Whereas like yeah. Sean, I feel like has way more variety to him. Does the same things, but I, I feel like there's way more of a, a pace James out of Sean. And then I also feel like Leave they say like, Brett. oh, he's a technical wrestler <laughs> and he just kicks and punches. Yeah. Yeah. His kicks and punches are good though. <laughs> yeah, they are. Just suddenly just, just slipping in random Liam screwed Brett. <laughs> maybe he did maybe back in his walk culture so. days he did <laughs> hey I've been in the ring with Bret Hart that's true I was there I was in the crowd of that what? I tried to I wanted to get a cool photo with him where like I was shaking his hand like I was like yeah someone will get this segment ends I turn around I turn back again and he's at the entrance where it was the quickest he'd moved all day <laughs> He's is like, that, oh, we're done. I'm out of here, guys. Literally. He's like, I've got give a restaurant to get to. I'm going. Yeah, give me 40 grand. I'm off. And then you can give Bischoff 40 grand as well. And then you can give whoever Moose, <laughs> Liam's favorite tag partner. And now TNA Impact World Champion. Um, so go back to the PWI 500. It's a really weird one. Is that so? So this, this was the second best match of the year, which I think I can kind of understand how it's put in there. I'm glad that it was. It was recommended as that. But if you look at their rankings, it's really weird. Eddie Guerrero is number 24. It's almost like these PWI 500 don't matter. Hey, Rory. Have you both been in the PWI 500 now? Yes, I have been. That's cool. That's cool. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. That is cool. Um, Why do you have a dig of me then? Liam is in it as well. (laughs) 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 I think Rory's been in it more than I have. No, I've only been in it once. Hmm. No, once. I just had a, I just had a good year. You did a very good <laughs> Basically, year. I wrestled Rampage. That was it. Limits. Stick them in. Yeah, won the Defining Championship. And oh, the yeah. North Championship. I don't even think it was mentioned, but he did. No, I think, I think it might have been. I think I also, I think I also featured in the first, I don't know, like maybe the first death match tournament that they looked at in the UK. So that probably helped. And the guy I worked went on to sign at the AEW. So, I think it was, I was, I was, <laughs> I was in there just off kind of accidentally. I forest gumped it. I was in, <laughs> I was in situations with other people just through time. Just be there. Hello. That's, that's wrestling. That's how you do it. Yeah. So in this ratings, you've got Eddie Guerrero at 24 and the year before that, he'd been at 29. So he's there kind of 
I think I reckon that's kind of like where he ranked most of the time. He probably peaked in the early 2000s. He would have been up at the top. But then you got Rey Mysterio at 29. And I'm like, oh, okay, because this, this is supposed to be the year that they kind of broke. But the year before this, he was seventh. So they rated him higher last year. And then he did this match and they dropped him down the rankings, which is weird. It's almost like these, these things are just made up and it doesn't yeah. matter. But there you go. Most popular wrestler of the year, and there's only a two thousand a thousand votes in this was uh, Sting. Second was Austin, and this was this was must have been Crow Sting, right? Yeah, ninety seven's Crow Sting. Fucking, I was thirteen in nineteen ninety seven. Cool as fuck. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a bunch of guys in the. Uh... There's a bunch of guys in the audience of this match that think it's cool as fuck because there's a bunch of just middle-aged stings. Yeah. Just in the yeah, I can, see, yeah. I can see from your in TV, Rory, that you're watching. <laughs> you're watching Eddie and Ray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm re-watching it. Rewatching or watching for the first time? <laughs> re- re-watching? Because um, I've noticed now, this is where I've started to pay more attention to the crowd than the match. Uh, um, and there's some interesting shoes and jeans of the era. Uh, They're all coming back now, though. That's what it's cool to now have, like, shit jeans and shit shoes. No, it's never cool to wear big, big, weird brown dress shoes no, with jeans. But there's a guy in the front row that's so into it. He's like, fuck, he's like, murder him, murder him. But I think he's like, for correct. I think he's for Eddie. I think he's like, yeah, mate, just kill him sick of this guy in the masks murder wrestler of the year and i just never so this i think shows i never watched wcw lex luger he's over isn't he like i think what we're probably thought he was yeah he's definitely over um what we're probably massively over yeah Yeah. what we're biased we like how much we consume wrestling and stuff like that and also like we can now like what we can like tailor as watching whereas like here you get like nitro is three hours right and that's three hours a week at this mm. point they don't have thunder so it's literally that and like lex can come out and do the same stick and do the fucking crab pose and do the the forearm and literally do the same match but it's over he, he, mm. would he be part of the wolf pack at this point 97 or is that too early i think that might be too early too early yeah um but yeah, yeah, of course it would be because of his baby face out of this. Um, so I can see why. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily the, the correct thing, but I can totally see him being over and like a PWI audience, if they are WCW marks, they would vote for Lex Austin. I think, that, I think that's the interesting thing to look back at it and go like, obviously history is told by the winner. So you watch like the wrestling bios, um, documentary series, which is really good of the um, of the war. Yeah, that's just wonderful. I love watching that. It's really, really good. And I think if you go back and watch it, you'll see how successful WCW were at the time. I'm looking at it through the lens of PWI because I watched WWF, but I was 13 years old, so yep. I wasn't looking for like a Dean Malenko when I was 13. Not that interested. Dean Malenko when I was 16 years old, though, and kind of become a little bit of a hipster boy. Then. Yeah, I probably liked I probably liked a bit more Demon Angle then, but like nineteen ninety seven, I was certainly more into WWF. But looking at it back through this lens of as an adult, 
yeah, I think it's interesting to see that people are more interested or, or, or the smarter wrestling fan was more interested in WCW because when you look at Tag Team of the Year, it was like Outsiders won it. Um, first run it was Steiner Brothers, Road Warriors, and then Luger and Giant. No, nothing WWF in that. But then who um, did WWF have at that time as tag teams? They're doing the fucking yeah, they weren't interested, stuff. were they? Yeah, they weren't interested in tag team wrestling at that point. But if you look at like, I guess match of the year was Austin versus Brett, but that was a lot of people obviously say that was the turning point for WWF was the kind of rise of Austin. It was the turning point of Austin. It was Austin 316. So you can see it's shifting, but then you had, I mean, you had Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at number three, but in there you also had Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. And then you had Terry Funk, Sandman, Stevie Richards, Ben Eagle. So actually, there's no, there's not really any WCW matches in there. So you can start to see like, like the shifting sands. And what's interesting is that if we were to go and take Liam's opinion on Bret Hart from 2024, has anyone ever said it like that? 2024, um, and go back to 1997, 21,000 people would be in agreement with you because the most hated wrestler of the year was Bret Hart. Now, I don't know whether that's more kayfabe because he was anti-American. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll have been, it was that period of... And you know what? I found him more interesting in that period of time. Yeah, I would say so. Also, this is not me saying that Brett's a bad wrestler. It's just that I find him slightly overrated as a technical wrestler. Yeah. And people will say to me, like, no, it's that he's technically efficient. And I go, that's not really the same thing, is it? I think he. I think his his kind of, for me the best of Brett was when he was wrestling against the Muscly guys in the early nineties at the end of the what's that era of the nineties WWF era new generation. Where, yeah, so that was a new generation when it started. New wasn't it? generation. What was what do you call it with when it was like Mega Powers and stuff like that? Not Mutt Warrior. What was that era called? I, I think most people refer to it as like the Golden Era. The golden, yeah. yeah, it was when Brett started and like Rock and the Wrestle. Heart Foundation and like less so Bulldog, but more so like Brett Owen, even Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Sometimes you'd see them and they were more, they really stood out as fast kind of. Yes. And techni- technical as well. Uh, but yeah, I think by 1997, he'd gone more into that main event style. But he did beat Hulk Hogan as the most hated wrestler, which is very interesting, I think. Um, all right, so that's the PWI stuff. Old white man reads under <laughs> If we look Tune at next time, <laughs> actual match on cage match, this gets rated at 9.41, and that's obviously with uh, nearly 400 votes on it. Um, initial thoughts on the match going into it? Were you, uh, do you, before kind of like talking about after rewatching it, what were your thoughts going into it? So, this again is slightly before my time period, so I've watched this um i've watched this with the hindsight of how it's ranked and that sort of stuff um i'm i'm a big fan of both of them i i like them during this time period eddie guerrero's like one of the best wrestlers of all time um yeah i can't remember when i first watched this um mm. but it's it's definitely up there as like um a match that i've watched early into my wrestling career, if that makes it's sense. It's definitely one that gets like, I think touted as a modern day or like a classic that still stands up in modern day. Cause I mean, we're going back 27 years yeah. on this yeah. one. It's an old match. And I think, but it still moves like a new match. 
Yeah, and I think some of the criticism you get, you do, there is some criticism of online now of people going, "It just if you if this existed now, it wouldn't." I was like, "If this existed now, I still think it would stand up as a match because it does move like a modern match." And I think yeah. both of these wrestlers, like I've never been a big Rey Mysterio fan, but I think that's because the majority of my Rey Mysterio stuff has always just been. I found it got a bit derivative because of his size, so it was always kind of David versus Goliath storyline and everything that he did, which is why I quite like this match because it wasn't that. They didn't really play on Eddie's um, on race size. They did a little bit, but they didn't have to because Eddie's only five eight, I think, or something. So um, he's it was, jacked, though. Uh, yeah, he gets more jacked, but he is his. Yeah, he's fucking whammed in this. What, what these what, what these muscles here <laughs> that I don't have? Traps, <laughs> traps. Is that what they're called? <laughs> have you seen them on him? What these are these here things? I don't know. I just, drink, I just drink oat lattes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what muscles are called. That's as bad. Um, so I, I think I did the, the same as Liam. I didn't watch this because I didn't watch. And um, growing up, I didn't see much WCW. So I came to this like pretty late. Um, and I think it's. I think if you went this show and you saw this night, you'd be over the moon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I it's so. so I can only. I don't know what it. I don't know what it was like when people watched it when it happened. But this, I think the the problem is people probably got used to this style of match with, not this style of match, but like the standard with, with Guerrero. Yeah. Um, whereas like, if I was watching this with fresh eyes, if I just tune in and I was used to watching WWF, I probably would have been like, what the, what is this yeah, crazy definitely. stuff that's going on here? This isn't what I'm normally watching. So I think it sticks out great. Like it stands out really good. I think it's really different to the stuff that was on WCW as well at the time. So if you look at like, again, like popular tag teams, the outsiders, popular wrestler, Lex Luger, it's like, you can tell, you know, Hulk Hogan was like in his WCW pump at this point. NWO was still there. So a lot of stuff was still just like, it was still that kind of like cumbersome, big man, muscly man type wrestling. It is over, like at that yeah, time yeah. period. Like it, they, they are super hot for it, and they are like the the ratings, the numbers don't lie. Like, and they spell disaster mm. for Samojo. Um, the like they are over. I think something that WCW did really well was build the cruiserweight division. I think yeah. what this matches is the hey, this is what our cruiserweight division is, and they were given probably five minutes more time than the cruiserweights usually get and they took all of that time maybe even a little bit more so if we go to the entrances uh and we talk about the start of the match i like first off the bat it's so 90s i think i I totally miss these concept sets Mm -hmm. like I, i would say the wcw stuff seems like it's come straight from like Universal Studios, like it definitely yeah. looks like it's, it's like got that back lotty um, styrofoam feel. Yeah, which I, I think when I was a kid, I didn't particularly like because I thought it looked a bit like hokey, and you're looking for like I just liked like the big Titan Tron. That was what the kind of that that I think it was around about this time where they bought the just a massive Titan Tron in at WWF. And, and now look at it. all we've got is a Titan Tron. It's never mad. happy, are you? Never happy. Exactly. Yeah. No, That's why he's saying they want this back. <laughs> what he's basically said there is he's going to um, commission an actual thundercloud yeah, for a thunderstruck. 
And we're going to have like real a, big, a big Smackdown fist. Thunder lightning. Yeah, that's Smackdown fist is sick. Yeah. Fucking yeah. excellent. I love that. That's pretty good, isn't it? Like, I think that was probably the last kind of concepty thing. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck's that now? That's what I want to know. It's in the WWE cool. warehouse. It'd be alongside the red boxes and the taxis that they used at, uh, what was that British one that they did where they had them? Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, all the British ones. Is it yeah. Insurrection? Might have been. Insurrection in Newcastle. It's in a two VHS box set with uh, WrestleMania 17 for some reason. Insurrection? Yeah, I've got it somewhere. Not here, but I've I missed that one. Insurrection's one at the Teddy West Arena in Newcastle. It's fucking... I, I think it's Insurrection, yeah. I missed that one, that one. Someone got their tits out. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Jacqueline, Stacey Keeper. Someone what? got their tits out. Robbie Stacey. No, what? On a real... Jacqueline? Nah. Yeah. Probably Jacqueline if it was somebody else. What age were you when this happened, Bars? When did insurrection happen? Insurrection. Oh, God, we're right, down a rabbit hole. 2001? <laughs> man, man looks up at the net. <laughs> uh, so 2001. Right, what, what? Reveal your age. Give me a ballpark. You don't have to, you know. I'm 84. I was born in 84. I'm, 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 I'm 84. Um, okay. Insurrection 2003 happened in Newcastle. Right, you so go. you're... Maven, yeah, I, be yeah. 17, I think you're mis. I think you're misremembering that, mate. What? Jacqueline's booze. I, I think you're. I think you. I think you. Look, look. Let's be honest, mate. That was his Google search from 2001. Jacqueline's a couple of rums in you, right? You had a couple of rums in you at that point. You're out in the tune. You misremembered it, and we've gone way off track. Yeah, so Eddie Guerrero and <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I uh, I watched the version that doesn't, ha- and I don't like this about the. I'm assuming maybe mm. they do it for for music and license reasons sometimes, but I watched the version without the entrances. I also did that. Well, I watched this, yeah. and I'm going to quickly go through it. Ray's outfit looks cool. He had it looked <laughs> yeah. like he had one of those little, you know, those little backpacks that you get when you go to like JD Sports. It looked like he had one of them on his back, but it was a mask. Um, the only thing I'd say about his outfit is why Why did they paint black underpants on the outfit? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, like, this, is a, this is a question that I am going to ask somebody who is in the know when I get the chance to. This is a real common thing within wrestling where people wear pants or wear underwear over pants. Like yeah. they have trunks over long tights and that's like basically what that look is. I think it's to break it up. I think it's yeah. to break it up. Yeah, yeah. To actually establish, like, here's where your waist is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Obviously, I'm a fashion expert. But no, I, I, would I think that's why. It must be why. That's sure. why I also think, do you sometimes with tights, don't you get the sag around around the crotch area sometimes? So, like, if you've got the underpants on, they're like, they're up. Also, is it not a Superman thing? Yeah, yeah, potentially. It's like a trope, isn't it? So, like the underpants is like a Batman. Yeah, but Superman. Superman will be. They'll have that'll have come from. It's a, It's actually like an old circus strongman thing, isn't it? My yeah. dog agrees. Very much agrees. Um, I don't know. This guys, these rabbit holes are getting deeper. I'm getting yeah. concerned. I'm getting worried. The, the problem with not watching the entrances <laughs> is that you get you miss out on the Eddie Guerrero entrance and probably the coolest man of all time. Like I, yeah. I think, I think he is, I think he's the coolest wrestler in my opinion. I honestly don't think there's like. That mullet doesn't look silly. 
Not in, and, and it doesn't bizarre. in 2024 because mullets are back, as we've seen. <laughs> but I've never looked gone. at him with a mullet and thought, that looks stupid. Nah. And I don't it, know if it's because it's attached to a man that's incredibly jacked. Yeah, definitely. So I'm like, well, you've got you got the swagger to carry this. He also pulled off frosted tips, like when yeah. he like in 2004, where he does like the heel turn and he's got like blonde on top of his hair. It looks fucking sick. It looks yeah. well good. He's so and his tash as well. Like it's such a cool tash. I think um, the thing about Eddie Guerrero though is like, and we talked about this at the last show. Is like uh, we had a seminar at the last show and we were talking about characters and stuff. He always gets. Uh, used when somebody goes, so I'll, I'll ask a trainee and I'll say, hey, what, what's your what's your character that you're trying to build? And they'll go, I'm going to be like an Eddie Guerrero heel character. And I fucking hate that response because can, like... Yeah, I've had this conversation recently with like when I've been talking about characters and what era of heel Eddie Guerrero are they talking? I think a lot of the time they're talking about the 2004, 2005 like Latino yes. Um, and it's impossible. You can't. You can't be that Eddie Guerrero, like where people are like, "Yeah, I'm going to be stoic," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to be pissed off and angry." And it's like Eddie Guerrero as a heel in 2004 can only do that because he's been a babyface prior to yeah. that. And yeah. the the anguish of not being able to beat Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, who's the dude that he's come up with through 20 years, sends him down this mad spiral. The yeah. hurt and the pain that Eddie has in his face on his facials, which are fucking class, they're some of the best ever are yeah. only able to happen because he's felt 20 years of wrestling plus exactly. addiction. Like there's yeah. so much hurt that's inside of him that he's so good at putting out forwardly. Like he's banged up as well. He's banged up from yeah. his time in Japan. He's banged up from his time in WCW. He's pissed off. He was part of the radicals. Like they left WCW and then in WWE, the radicals kind of got like a same thing happened to them again as it did in WCW where they were overlooked. And that's the thing where I'm like, you can't judge someone like, yeah, 20 and yeah. go, I want to be that character because Eddie Guerrero then just became Eddie Guerrero. It's the same thing as like John Cena. It's the same thing as to a certain extent, Chris Jericho, like those kind of guys who then became just whatever they are like, and they were just so fucking good at it. And I think this is a bit where you kind of start to see Eddie Guerrero stepping outside of that, like where he'd been put before and, and again, this is the thing about Eddie at this point in 1987. He'd still been wrestling for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the comms do really, the comms do a great job. I like, I love the comms in this match, but they do a great job of like setting the scene for like where he's been. And they mentioned Japan, they mentioned wrestling under the mask. And then they kind of allude to the fact that like he, um, he was the one person that kind of went against the tradition. Yeah, and yep. forfeit his mask, and I'm like, Fuck. and it does this great job of like just building up, like who he is in terms of this, not just as a wrestler, but like this match. It kind of sets the scene. Yeah, especially because really nice. matches. Lo- I forgot as well. I was like, yeah. oh shit, I forgot he was in Japan or whatever. Yeah, well, this, the thing about, the thing about is, Eddie as well is like in Mexico, he also did an anti-Mexican gimmick because yeah. he comes from El Paso, right? Is it El Paso? Yeah, yeah um, El Paso, Texas. So, which is not. It's obviously he's obviously comes from Mexican heritage. He's a fucking Guerrero, but he grew up in America and he's American by birth. And El Paso has its own kind of mix of like Texan and 
Mexican or whatever. And when we went to CML, Triple um, I think it was, he did like an anti-Mexican gimmick. So again, that all builds into like this whole, like who he is. And I think as he walks down the ring, that disdain that he has on his on his face, it's not put on. It's not just this kind of like, as you see, like, um, you know, when people have disdain, it's like a hammed, it's like a ham acted disdain for the crowd. They're like, oh, fucking hell. I'm not saying... Regal did that kind of thing, like he did that well, but it was that kind of like more a different type of character. It's more performative, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. There's a place for that. This Eddie is just like fucking, he's just fucking class. Like absolutely. It's real. You can feel it. Oozes it. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's an element to it as well of that realism is just like proper. It's seeping through him. Um, so the start of the match ends. So we go straight into the match. I think there's, um, I think the way it starts is again just fucking amazing. Like it goes at a hundred miles an hour to start off with. Um there's a double leg takedown onto the apron where Ray just takes this really fucking hefty bump after like the early exchanges in the ring. And they're just straight outside and they're fucking chucking them into the steel steps. What I love more than someone getting thrown into some steel steps. Honestly, can we get some steel steps? At North Wrestling, because I'd love to start throwing people into them. The noise that they make as well is just so like just brutal. That's I think that's what helps us though, because there's aggression. There's a there's there's bits in this match that if you saw them in 2024 wouldn't look out of place, and they're pretty like there's some pretty fucking cool shit in it. Like, there's some pretty good yeah, like some fucking some, class stuff some mad stuff and you're I'm just like if you saw this now you like if someone watched this now they'd be like, mm, so reckless um, yeah. I I made a comment that this is very AEW as a match yeah. if this is on AEW now people would be like oh they're so reckless they need to stop doing this but it's like well, the difference is it's so crisp like yeah. um, even the stuff that's big head says there's two the outside like yes like, yeah, oh, that's really that's good. so good and the camera work as well like I think because it's captured like an old school wrestling show we said this before about other matches. Um, like, it's this is just happening, and we the cameras just happen to be there. And like, even the last shot of like Ray with the belt, um, like everything's real, like candidy. It feels a little bit candid, which I quite yeah. like. It doesn't feel overproduced. It's lovely. So. Well, I think that's part of the delivery of this as well, which I absolutely love. Is that everything has meaning to it, but then everything looks real, so it looks like it's a fight with wrestling moves so the thing that like i think a lot of people forget is the balance for of a good wrestling move is that it need a good wrestling match is that it needs to look like a fight but it needs to be done within the confines of professional wrestling which means it needs to be entertaining so there needs to be moves and the moves in there and the reason that they use moves and that type of thing a part of that's entertainment so if you look at like the first three to four minutes of this the hot start there's a couple of like missteps where things look like they're overshot a little bit or they look a bit rough. Now they're not. They're fucking, it's in, it's either in there because they're going at a fast pace and they know how to work properly. So they're fucking, they're safe with everything they do. Or they are kind of a little bit reckless and it looks like they're trying hard to fucking hurt each other. And I think that's a bit I loved about it. Like there's a couple of backbreakers, there's a tilt a will backbreaker that's fucking just like, it looks snug as fuck there's a couple of like uh uppercuts that he, uh, eddie does to ray where he grabs like the mask as well and starts pulling that off and then fucking whacks him and i'm like yeah this is what you would do in a wrestling match it's not just a fight 
it's a wrestling match. I just think um, setting that tone in the first three minutes of legitimately looking like each man wants to fucking hurt each other and that they want each move to land properly. I think that's the, that's the bit that I think has been taken in. And like you're saying, like AEW produce matches. I think they take that kind of uh, mix and they go, right, that's what we want to do. I think it's a modern style of wrestling where it's like, we want it to look real. We want it to look reckless. It's safe as fuck. Like these guys know exactly what they're fucking doing, but there's times where you're just like, oh shit. There's a, a, yeah, there's a physicality about, I think that's why Guerrero's so good. He's real crisp. His stuff's, the stuff's beautiful to watch yeah. like you know the Eddie everyone calls it the Eddie like the, the rolling over the top rope um, yeah. like that when you watch it you go fuck me that guy's smooth but then he can just grab a guy and rag him around because of the size and because of how physical he is there's that one he hits I think um, I think uh, Ray goes for like a cartwheel into yeah, something yeah, yeah. and he yes. catches him in that like um Kind of like a, it ends up being a side, almost like a side suplex. Yeah. But he drops him so quick. And even position wise, like not everything's in the middle of the ring. Like they're not afraid to like stuff. I think Eddie takes like a, it's not a, it's not a backdrop, but he takes a, um, like a monkey flip at the very yeah. start. He's almost out of the ring. Yeah. yeah. And Eddie that's takes like, those is, well good. And you're like, like fuck, this is like these two guys are trying to murder each other. It's real fucking great. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's the, that realism. Sorry, I was going to say that Eddie's got the best back suplexes of all time. Him and Malenko are up there for the best back suplexes. Benoit, you throw in there as well. I, there's something about Eddie's back suplex that just baffles me. Like, he almost defies gravity in the way that he's moving somebody about. Can't replicate it. Tried. Tried many times, and there's just a snap that he has out of it. I don't think it happens in this match, but his power bombs as well. Cool. Do you know the back suplex? I know this sounds mad, but I think it's in his feet. I know this sounds really strange, but <laughs> if you look at how the power that he has in that in his feet, like in the way he's like that, I don't think you just get that from momentum in your in your. I mean, also oh, yeah. he's fucking jacked. He's just like yeah. I think uh, the back suplexes were the ones where I was looking at, going like fucking hell, and his um, back breakers as well. Yeah, the way that he la- he brings someone down onto his knee. And fucking like it looks like he's smashed them into pieces. It's quite often when he hits them, when he hits them on those backbreakers, particularly in this match. Like as they hit, his knee goes as well. Yeah. So you're kind of like fuck. He's nailed him so hard that he's like fucking knocked himself over. When I was on like my... if you see someone throw a punch and they follow through, I watch a lot of bum fight videos, by the way, and drug <laughs> fights. Um, but if you see someone like do a punch and they swing that hard that they just follow through, yeah, it's like, man, that was everything. They had everything there. But like That's all the backbreakers, like he, he he follows through with them, which is great. Like and it's just um also you know what this has that I love? Abdominal stretch. We don't have enough of them in pro wrestling. But it does make stretch. sense in this match because it leads to the it's a nice spot, like, but to like start pulling the mask, and I think that's where the the line of show us a kisser comes. Let's out. get like, a look at this guy's kisser. Yeah, and I thought that was classic nineties. I thought I loved that. I loved that. Um, so then we kind of like moved through. So there's a lot of like, and I think this is where Eddie makes as a heel, where he just breaks down Ray systematically, and I think these. 
what's the terminology for this? Because I don't know the terminology for that. Like, but that section of the match where you normally get like uh, where the heels beating down the face, they can be quite boring, like in a heat. Hey, like that's heat. it. I, always think, I don't the, want to say that. I was like, yeah. I was like, this but, guy, what's he talking about here? Yeah. They can sometimes be the, be the killer on the pace of stuff. I think that can sometimes kill a match. Yeah. I think it's because um, Mysterio's little flutters of offense are so good. The So I don't like the, um, like this is where me and Liam are going to have a fall out. I don't normally like the um, the kind of ground bridge that a lot of people do the uh, pin the shoulders of the mat, one arm up. Like I don't really like that as a segment of professional wrestling. Cause normally when it happens, people are just going through the motions and it'll, that'll happen. And then they'll end up back in this, back in where they started. It'll almost be, it starts in a headlock and it'll end and it'll go back to headlock. Or is this like, he's proper fighting with Mysterio. He's yeah. like, man, I'm not letting you get off this canvas. And Mysterio looks knackered. Like he basically gets an arm up and he's like, this is minging. It then goes into like spring ball back for DDT. Yeah. And I don't like DDTs in the middle of matches because a DDT is a fucking finish. And that's it. Um, but that doesn't end up going to the same thing. Like it, it ends up like, Oh, they started on this thing. Oh, holy shit. Here's the, here's the, Oh, he's going to, this is it now. He's making his comeback. Now he's dead. And then the other one is like he drop kicks him. Fucking uh, Eddie like spills through the bottom rope. Then he goes for like a, another springboard, and it's like they're all so interested that like it's not just a guy getting beat up. It's a guy generally pitting like he's almost coming back every time. Mm-hmm. But the comebacks aren't just like oh, I'm just going to punch you in the face a couple of times and then take off and then you can hit me with a back elbow. His comebacks are so interesting that it's like oh shit, this could turn around at like any stage. Which is kind of the reason that you tune in to wrestling, um, but maybe it gets like forgotten a bit. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. Basically, I, I think DDT spots gorgeous. Yeah, it is, and I think something that is worth noting here is just how well Eddie and Ray work with each other, which then makes that heat period more interesting. Because I know, like, when I'm with somebody that like I know their cadence and their timing and their pacing, it makes working and putting stuff in there loads easier. Something that I think British wrestling struggles with is that we don't have the consistency of working with somebody on a regular basis, mm-hmm. which then means that it gets harder to like call stuff and put stuff in there because you're not working with them on a regular basis. So then you go, I don't know what you do, so I can't call this spot. Whereas, for example, I would like because there's a lot of dudes at PPW that I know and like I know their spots and stuff like that. I was working with Kemper the other day at one of our in house shows. I called like a single word to him and he ran his spot. And it was like, yeah, cool. As soon as I got him here and I was like, this bit, he was like, yep, this, 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 bam. And this is where these two guys who have obviously come up through. Mexico and through ECW and then in WCW and then have worked multiple times in WCW. What these guys have probably worked plus 50 times, and that might be an understatement. They know that, hey, this this bit, and then bam, they've got a spot, and they know the timing, which then they know how to cut off, and it's just, it just makes life easier. Yeah. Uh, springboard back for DDT off the top rope. Eddie cuts off that bit that you're talking about there is like I think if you were doing that in a British wrestling show 
that bit would happen and then it would be like right next what's your next bit that you then would do after that whereas this it just seemed more like this is how these two would fight like eddie gets it's real organic yeah it's a real nice like yeah. and there's a i think it happens like later on and stuff was uh there is a bit of like a block punch block punch and then it's yeah. just like oh fuck off mate i'm just sending this buckle and then yeah. he ends up like upside well, the Tree yeah. of Woe thing was really, it was a note that I made of, like, I think that Tree of Woe is a, it's a move in wrestling that I always have, I have like a, a, a probably I'm not a big fan of at all because I, you always see it and immediately get taken out because you're like, just take your foot out. Like, I don't know how that, like, how that works. However, in this one, it, this looked like a valid way of getting hung, hung up there because he fucking throws him in and then like he's struggling to get out as well and it's like yeah. his foot's caught in Um there's no time though. Like he's not in it for a minute. Yeah, he's in it. Grow comes charging, and then yeah. like he gets himself up enough, and then like, and that's the weird thing of like, at the time I can't imagine watching this at the time because then he hits like, um, kind of like a little bit of like a crossbody to the outside. I'm yeah. like fucking hell. Like this is like the 90s. But then I forget yeah. that like these guys were doing crazy shit like this all the time they were doing crazy shit and i think the the thing i liked about that again with the tree of woe thing it was like it was utilizing the momentum of his opponent rather than going like i'm just gonna because the irish whip as well i'd say that's a weird move in wrestling where it's like you would just go no i'm not why, I'm not, why like, you been why you been racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that is that is that a racist term the irish whip no shouldn't be anyway uh i think like yeah then you've got like he tries to go back in and he, he slides into the he slides balls first into the post as well again where it's like ray's using his momentum rather than every time i run i hit you it's like it's the shifting balances of momentum between two guys who are trying to wrestle and fight against each other yeah. which i think is a really nice way of doing stuff I talk about this quite a lot with people when we come to training and stuff like that is when people begin, it's an on and off switch where like they go, I'm wrestling, I'm selling, I'm wrestling. And it, like there's a certain amount of times that will use it. So to for probably when I first started and like around my time there, it was like, you do your shine, you're on, you get yeah. cut off instantly, you're off, you do a comeback, you're on and you finish. Whereas what these guys are good at is rather than having a switch, they have a dial that they're turning side to side and this way and that way and this way and that way. And the dial never stops moving. It's constantly going, but it's constantly tipping back and forth out of it, um, which then leads to more interesting pro wrestling. I think so too. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that because I think the sell, like the selling aspect of it as well, Ray's really good at it in this one and bo both of them are. But rather than just being like you're saying there where it's like, I'm taking a punch, but actually it's my comeback. So I won't sell the punch. They sell everything that they get given in a certain way. Like there's a, there's a bit where I think it's just a, I know it's an uppercut where Ray just sells it. It's like where Eddie's cutting off his, come back and Ray sells it straight and he's like into the ropes but then he does manage to get back up but swings and it's that kind of like bum fight swing that you're talking about where it's like he's swinging as if he's just taking a hit like he's not just it's not just a crisp forearm and he's back up to his feet and crisp they're actually it's the idea that their power bars are going down yeah. and when you're down at that level you're not going to hit a fucking crisp upper, uppercut you're going to hit it quite sloppy and you're going to get whatever you can on it and I love that like I think that you yeah. really get I think that feeling 
I think I think like that that cutoff's the best example. Even the start of the match is a good example. Yeah. Like the the like Guerrero t- like Guerrero looks a bit of a a tit in this, but he never looks stupid. Yeah. So like that running and bollocking yourself on the ring post, like that's silly. But because there's like an intensity to everything they're doing, you don't really laugh at him. You don't giggle at him. You're just like, oh, he's got him. And even the punch at the start, like anyone else kind of doing that. And like, I love, I love Terry Funk, but like, I think Funk taking those spots has a very different feel. Mm. It is a, I'm going to eat shit because that's my job. Like I'm going to eat shit tonight and look mm-hmm. silly. And I think like, uh, like punk did it at the, the Samoa Joe match perfectly. Like he ate shit and looked stupid. But when Guerrero's eating, eating shit in this match, he never looks silly. Cause yeah. he's all, there is that level of like, it is just like in a couple of beats, he's going to be back up again. And he's got that intensity. I think it helps like Liam said earlier on with his facials and stuff. Mm. When, like there's this fucking anger, but there's a bit where he, he I think he nails him with a power bomb and he kicks out. And even though you can only see like a part of his face because of his crazy mullet, he just looks seething. Mm. And I'm like, fuck me. So can, it's weird. Like he can't laugh at him, even though some of these cutoffs, another character would look really silly. Like they look really the, dumb. The type of acrobatic moves that he's doing, that Rey Mysterio is doing, and he's a small guy as well. So I think like at that time, is I, you can only imagine like, that there would have been a lot of people who just wouldn't have wouldn't have been okay with wrestling against Ray like this, and they would have been just like, "I'll just swat you away like a fly." Like I would just do this, I would just do that. But he actually makes Ray's offense, which is like quite groundbreaking at the time. Like some of like the it's groundbreaking in American wrestling, but it was obviously done quite a lot in lucha and, and Mexican wrestling. But like the that head the somersault or head scissors to like a uh, foot to the floor, it's like the way like Eddie, Eddie then goes like, crashing into the barrier and he like he looks like it's really fucked him and I'm like yeah rather than just like a lot of guys would have been like, I don't know what the fuck is this what's this flippy shit like and also a lot of guys can't do that like yeah. the ability to catch the man to hit the rana is difficult mm. like th- that and the backflip DDT spot I think comes off so like so well that you go oh wow that's good but actually when you like we do like lucha stuff now and again lucha's not my forte but like i put it in there because like Mm. we need to look at it man doing fucking head scissors and runners is the worst i got my fucking neck smashed in doing a a head scissors the other day because this is no offense to the bit it was just we were learning it but like you just didn't have me i just dropped and i was like ah cool like Mm. yeah like lucha stuff it, when it comes to head scissors and rounders and stuff like that, is difficult. Never mind adding a fucking somersault in there. And never mind making it look like it hurts. Yeah. Like yeah. Make, making it look like it, it's a it's a sensible decision from your opponent to do that. Do you know what I mean? Because the risk, because yeah. it can look stupid sometimes. If it doesn't, if it's not pulled yeah. off properly, it can look like we're just watching some acrobatics here. I think that's watching- why I love Guerrero in this match, so because he can do that stuff. Yeah, he can do that stuff, and it can look great. But his kind of job here is not really to do that stuff. Yeah. It's to be on the receiving end of it. Um, and even like in the first, like the very start is like, he, I think Mysterio does that like roll over the top rope and lands on yeah. apron. And he could do something cool to cut him off. He just fucking pulls his legs out. He's like, fuck off, mate. That's like, right. <laughs> just, just eat this canvas. Like, yeah. like, oh. 
But I think like there's a real like there's a real skill in like him and I think that's maybe the cool part of this story is like in the story of the match, like oh here's a guy that can do all this stuff, but for whatever reason in his mindset, he's not doing it. He just wants to fucking hurt the guy. Like he yeah. just doesn't want to go out there and like pit on a great like fair wrestling match and shake his hand at the end of it. Like he really fucking despises the guy. He doesn't he wants to take his mask. He doesn't want him to take his belt. Um and there's like this real I think it's really good that like you see bits of Guerrero doing it, like little tiny bits, but he is on the receiving end. But he's so good at receiving it, you're just like, fuck me. It makes fucking Mysterio look like so much better. Because yeah. um, I would just be like, fuck. I wouldn't be like the guy's like, hey, I'm going to swat that away. I'd be like, shit. Um, I'm probably going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something else to note through this as well, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it's this match, that WCW wanted Rey Mysterio to unmask here and mm. Eddie had to fight for the decision to be changed and to give Ray the belt and to not unmask him. Yeah. So, like, we're talking quite a lot here about, like, Eddie's, like, in-ring work and stuff like that, but his backstage, like, selflessness to go, mm. no, give this to him and I'll take the loss here, says a lot about the relationship that he has with Ray and the thought that he has for him. I think, too, for him as well, he's more interesting. Like, if you're the guy that's unmasked someone, it's not that interesting for me in a way like being more of a character guy yeah, yeah being more of a character guy i'm like if you're if i'm the guy that's re- that's revealed someone's mask i'm like oh, that's not that. like where do i go from there oh yeah. i got your mask way whereas yeah. like if i fucking if i fail and i lose my fucking title i'm like motherfucker i'm gonna it gives you like there's more longevity hopefully off the back of it it's like now i'm more interested in both these guys well i like the finish to it for that reason as well where you've got that really risky top turn buckle like uh roll like was it like a rana rana and it um it looks like and i I think this is really nice because and like we said this before like liam is like right to mention it where like we do kind of watch this now through a completely different lens Mm. because we've seen so much wrestling Whereas I was watching this, like I watched it this morning and I've watched it three times because this podcast is so long. Um, <laughs> the, um, I, you st- still in my head, I think they're going to roll through again. Yeah, yeah. And Guerrero's going to get the pin. Like every time I see it, I go, oh, that's the funny. Oh, it's going to go through again. But he just about keeps them. And you're just like, oh, fuck. And like that's, I think that's the, sometimes it's the advantage of going back and watching these old matches where, you see stuff there where you're like, fuck me, this is like, either this is so ahead of its time or we just didn't appreciate it and now we've seen so much wrestling. And it's like when you watch a classic movie, mm. you go back and you go, oh, fuck, actually, you know what? That real fundamental thing that they do in that movie is groundbreaking now because everyone's mm. become so formulaic. And I watched it and I was like, oh, well, he's going to roll through. And I said, like, oh, no, oh, shit. Mm. I knew the outcome of the match before I watched it, but it still got me. And there's, yeah. there's something really fucking cool about that. I had to I had to go forward in my notes to remember who won the match because I was like because again you watch it again because I've had it on on like just playing and pausing it and I'm like Eddie wins this right and it's like that's such a good story te- a bit of storytelling where you think because you know I know as well that Ray gets his mask taken off later on and again bad decision because it goes back on not like maybe a year later it goes back on if not not even that so. Yeah. 
not with WCW, he stays he stays off. Um he's unmasked in like ninety-nine, I want to say. Mm. Yeah. Around like ninety-nine, and then he's in WWE in or two. Right. So he never comes back on again at WCW. Right. And he, I'm pretty what sure. What a waste, though. But like, what a waste. Like, this, I mean, uh, yeah. Silly. Because I really like the end of this where I, I love Eddie's reaction as well. Because, like, you could just rip the mask off. Like, if he was in the ring after that, because the finish was like, it's just this quick finish. I loved how that finished. Um, he gets the pin. And then, like, you would be like, oh, why doesn't Eddie just rip his mask off anyway? But he shows. Because he, even like the finish where he tries to do the avalanche powerbomb. It's used against him. His desire to hurt him so much is used against him to actually get the win. He then just fucking hoys him out. He fucks him out of the ring. He's just like, get out of the ring. And then you get like the classic Eddie facials where he just looks like he's on the verge of tears. He's just like, yeah. fuck. Hell. I think the, the the great thing about that finish is like he goes for that. That whole setup is like a fight as well. Yeah. It's yeah, like it yeah. just feels like they're just scrapping on the top rope. They're on the second rope, but and Mysterio's on the top. But then when he he rolls through Guerrero pulls his legs up because he's yeah. going to hook him. He's going to hook him and pull him through. And Ray just gets one. He just gets one leg. And it's just yeah. like, nah, fuck me. I've got you here. Um, yeah. it's fucking so nice. Like, honestly, real I, lesson should watch, like, I should just watch old wrestling. That's that's what happy. I, I kind of feel that's why we started this podcast. But I think like, I think it's that like, it's that lessening momentum, isn't it? Then it's that lessening, like utilizing somebody else's momentum to kind of, uh, and like utilizing somebody else's weaknesses to, to, to get ahead, I think. So if we we haven't decided on a rating system, I know we've gone too long already. But um, thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down. What's so wait name? a minute. So right, me and Liam had an idea for a rating system, <laughs> right? But we can pit this to listeners or viewers. I don't know what context people are watching. And mm. so, because North wrestling is synonymous with bears, because you're an idiot and you decided to use a bear as a logo we were going to rate them using different classifications of bears okay um but we don't like many postmodern sick boys idea it didn't get further than that (laughs) (laughs) so we we thought of the the cool bit but then we went "Mm, in reality that might be a little bit tricky so i don't know if like we go uh, what what what, we had ideas we had care bear yeah is that first shit one? Uh, bear ass was the <laughs> was the <laughs> Yeah. If it's terrible, it's bear ass. Yeah. If it's terrible, it's bear ass. It's if it was between two wrestlers, do, then bear ass would have to be. If good. it's just in the middle, could we do like barely care? Barely care. Yeah. Can and then bear? I don't know what the best one would be. I don't feel like the bears is a good idea. <laughs> so the issue was that the top one we were like, oh, and then it'd be a polar bear for north, but then that doesn't sit in the bear puns out it's of there. It's a weird yeah. spectrum of bear ass to polar bear. We started on bears. Now bear in mind, we, we workshopped this for a while. Bear in mind. Bear, uh, bear. <laughs> um, we workshopped this for quite a while and nobody, nobody really cared other than me and me. so <laughs> I'm up with these suggestions I don't really like rating stuff as in like num- numerically yeah. but I think I don't mind the idea of like oh it was great wasn't so good ah whatever I think it's I think it was great I don't know what way we say that yeah I think, I think it's a great other category is it, it's in the top category a spectrum of noise so like if like oh, it's like the worst one in oh, that's worse. Oh. 
nah no because how do you write that down like how do you write that down so if anyone has any suggestions about how we can do this scale i think this is polar bear thumbs up for me (laughs) polar bear with thumbs up nice i I would agree I, think I honestly yeah. loved it. I loved it. I love this. I think this this is kind of like going back and looking at it. For if I'm serious for a moment, it's probably jumped into one of my favorite wrestling matches I think I've ever watched. I genuinely think that. Like, I think for in terms of like pure structure of a match, maybe yeah. not. I think the one thing it probably misses for me a little bit is that, that like emotional like build. Like I don't because because I, I wasn't emotionally invested in it at the start other than knowing that I really love Eddie Guerrero and I was really excited to see this match. Yeah. I, there wasn't like the long, it wasn't like uh, Austin Rock hype video type stuff, which definitely adds a layer that you have to consider in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, everything else, all boxes were ticked for me. Yeah, I think it's the Bears bollocks. The Bears have bollocks. <laughs> yeah, Bears have bollocks. I think for me, because obviously there's like... This is a system... Like, Bear ass, bottom. Bear's bollocks, top. Bear's tin, middle. Is what? Bear's tin, the gooch between the bit between the bum and the bollocks. Yeah, it's just called the gooch. What are you calling it? A tint. I think that's an Americanized way of saying you're it. You're so man. You're sometimes you're so Yorkshire. I don't understand. It's a miracle that we can communicate in the in true. the ring. Very true. <laughs> uh, the bear's gooch. Most of it's, most of it's nods like and winks. Most of it's <laughs> nods and winks. Um, I think it's bears. Yeah, it's bears bollocks. But bears for bollocks me, it's because this is a type of match that I probably. I should love as a wrestler and as a wrestling fan, but it's probably not like my stereotypical. Yeah. It's so I think for me, like these types of matches when I watch them, I'm like, fuck me. Yeah, of course. There's, and it's great. Cause there's a side of wrestling that like, I don't indulge in myself, mm. <laughs> but it's great to go back and actually really appreciate it. So yeah, it's big bear bollocks, big bear. Oh no, nah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Big bear I think this is a bit of me. This is this is my wrestling. Is that what people say? Hashtag this is my grabs. Is that what people say? I think that's <laughs> No, no one I don't think that's ever said that. I don't think that's ever been a hashtag in yeah. history to uh I honestly I think Bear's Bollocks is probably gonna hashtag before that. Well, I'll be up for it. Any Bad final comments? Right now. Um no, no, we just need a scale. <laughs> yeah. I know we've got the scale. The scale's uh uh, my final thoughts out of this, this is definitely like my kind of wrestling. I'm very junior heavyweight, cruiserweight, X division. So like th- this is very much a me match. I can't wait to have to watch some more fucking Undertaker matches soon. Oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait. I can't oh. wait for us to watch the, uh, the match. No, because I don't know. Liam loves Sully. If it's anything I learned from him, he loves a bit of Sully. I can't wait to watch the one with the electric chair. Oh, oh, I'm man. all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> what about um, undertake a casket match with Kamala? See, exactly. Wow. Yeah. I love a casket match. Do we have any ideas of where we could go next with this? I guess we could go Halloween Havoc. We could go Rey Mysterio. We could go Eddie Guerrero. My preference would be doing more Eddie Guerrero, but I feel like I might be a little bit like samey, samey. Um, we could go 997. We could take someone off the Peter. We could go Lex Luger. <laughs> we could go. Um, 
I've never really watched a Lex Luger match. I must say, like I was in, like a lot of Lex Luger has gone past, like way. Yeah, past I think in terms of the chain, the next thing we're going to come back to Guerrero a lot. I think. Yeah, I would imagine. So. Um, I, I think we so. do. I think we do something maybe a little bit and try. I think we go Luger. I think we go Luger and we go really shit. So That's fine with that. Are we, suggest, are we asking for comments down below on yeah. Luger matches from 97? That's a wow. Well, thank you again for, uh, thank you to you two for, 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 for this podcast. I, I don't have any, I'm not Tom Campbell. I don't know how to like close stuff up. See you later. Here we go. Uh, yeah, that was, that was Chain Wrestling presented by North Wrestling. Uh, you can follow us on all social medias. What is it, Bars? Uh, North Wrestling NCL or yep. on x.com. North underscore NCL. We've recently put um, all our back catalogue up on YouTube that people can subscribe to. You can get all our everything we've ever done, I think, on there. You can also uh, support us on Patreon. And for tickets and upcoming events, go to northwrestling.co.uk. There you go. Company man, right there and then. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you next week. Cheers. See you. Bye.